Okay, hi everyone. Welcome to my podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Um, just giving a brief introduction of the podcast today. Um, this is a podcast just to discuss the importance of jazz and the prominence of jazz today, um, especially and also how it's changed throughout history um, and also how it presents itself to, in society today through a broad range of questions that I have for a special guest. But before we get into that introduction, I'll go ahead and introduce myself. Um, I'm Bethany. Uh, I am a second year business economics major at UCLA, and I'm taking a jazz GE, which is why we're doing this uh, topic today. Um, and yeah, just as a high level overview, I do have some questions for our special guest today, but not but everything is super open ended, so we'll take this podcast in any direction. Um, and so yeah, I'll go ahead and pass this to our special guest, Micah Johnson. Micah, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and sort of what relation that you have to jazz? Yeah, of course. Well, first of all, thank you for having me on. <laughs> Appreciate it. Um, I'm honored. Yeah, so um, I am a professional jazz musician. I have been uh, doing this for, for many, many years now. I'm studying jazz here at UCLA as well. I'm in my junior year. Um, yeah, so let's see, connections to jazz. I mean, I started when, when I was young, um, I, I went to this one middle school. They had kind of a mandatory uh, orchestra type thing going on, and I didn't really know much about music because my family, uh, well, they weren't musical or anything like that. I was kind of the first one to uh, delve into that uh, side of, of life. But um, so, like any, so like any other kid, I, I was just, I asked my uh my band director, hey, can I like play electric guitar or something? Because I think that's super uh-huh. cool. But um, I mean, there was there's not really a place for electric guitar and uh-huh. like orchestra music. So um, I, the the director was she she said, well, you know, there's not really a place for that, but I'll, you can play bass because mm-hmm. there's bass in the orchestra and everything. Uh-huh. And up an upright <coughs> bass, however, is like like to get a a good upright bass could be uh-huh. like six, seven, eight thousand wow. dollars. So I so I ended up just playing like electric bass, super oh, okay. cheap, uh-huh. like under a hundred bucks. And um, anyways, I started playing um, in that band for like a year. Um, eventually, the director thought I was good enough, essentially, and she asked me to be a part of the jazz oh. band, which were for some of the uh, older kids or whatever, uh-huh. you know. And so basically I started doing that and we, we had performances and we, we uh, traveled and it, it was fun, it was fun. Um, yeah, I started to I started to really enjoy jazz. I still had a lot to learn about it, um, but I was really motivated to practice a lot because there was like an incentive mm-hmm. system set up <laughs> where they were, they would like keep track of um, who practiced the most oh, wow. and stuff. And uh-huh. So I, I'm very incentive based. So I like, uh-huh. I grinded for, yeah. for many, many weeks, many hours a day. And mm-hmm. um, it's funny that that's how I, that's how I started to become really proficient in the craft. Wow. It was not because I, <laughs> incentive. I wanted to, uh-huh. it's just because I wanted to be, I wanted to have more hours than everybody else. Uh-huh. Um, but, but no, so anyways, that, that's how I started to get proficient at what I do. And so um, fast forward a little bit, um, I, I, I decided to start being homeschooled essentially. And I was not able to be a part of any of the high school jazz bands or anything like that because, um, 
you know, they required you to be enrolled in the yeah. high school and stuff. So I ended up uh, joining, um, joining kind of any other thing I could find, for instance. So when I was 12, I started dual enrollment at oh. community colleges. Oh, wow, at 12. Yeah, I know, I know. And doing, um, being in their, like, jazz big bands, I, like, took a jazz theory class with them. Um, <laughs> didn't do well in the jazz theory <laughs> class, that's ridiculously hard uh-huh. for a 12-year-old. Yeah, but, sure. uh, it was fun, kind of thrown into the deep end, yeah. learned a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I continued with that, um, and then, let's see, uh, then I started thinking about college. Mm-hmm. People are always saying, you know, it's really unlikely for you to be successful, be able to support yourself mm-hmm. and or a family, like yeah. if you're a musician. And so I, I ended up deciding like that I didn't want to pursue that. And mm-hmm. I kind of was looking at med school or like oh, wow. doing pre-med stuff, uh-huh. essentially. Um, but then kind of right before applications were due and everything, I started to realize that I'm not very passionate about yeah. um, any yeah. STEM stuff, really. Uh-huh. Like um, I, might be, I might be able to be good at it and would enjoy it, but not nearly as much as... Yeah. Something I was passionate about, like like jazz or music generally. So mm-hmm. um, I ended up just switching and then wow, applying okay. to certain jazz schools uh-huh. in uh, in California, in state. And I um, yeah, I eventually I just ended up choosing UCLA, and they have a fantastic jazz program here, and constantly surrounded by um, very very talented musicians, mm-hmm. both faculty and students. Um, where we really just like learn a lot from each other. Uh, we're, we're always rehearsing and doing gigs yeah. and stuff. And yeah. it's just nice uh, because someday, I mean, um, years from now, you know, we're all know each other from college and we could help like, uh, you know, get each other on certain gigs and yeah. get each other paid essentially. And, yeah. Um, so, so that's, that's, that's nice. It's a plus. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, right now I, um, I have my own band. Mm-hmm. I'm in a couple of other groups. Um, I compose a lot of music. Um, I perform cool. a lot. Uh-huh. Um, so it's a blast, but yeah, that's kind of where I'm at right now. Yeah. yeah, thank you for giving us a little bit of a background of, you know, how you started doing like bass, like guitar, all this, getting into jazz. Um, I think that was really informative. I am curious, um, you said that when you first, um, I guess when you first started playing, you wanted to play bass, but it was like super expensive. Was there a specific reason why you wanted to play bass and like, was it related to jazz at all or was it just... This is a cool instrument. I'm just a little curious about that. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. So, um, I mean, basically, no pun intended, what yeah. happened was, um, yeah, like, like kind of like I mentioned, uh, I wanted to play like something cool, like an electric guitar, because mm-hmm. I was like a little kid, and then oh. the director was like, not, that doesn't really belong to the <laughs> but bass does, And but there's, there's kind of two modalities of bass. You have like electric bass and upright yeah. bass, and the upright bass is very expensive oh. very big instrument uh-huh. if you want a good one multi-thousand dollar instruments and um also used for you know classical and everything in between right but um i just i just kind of started kind of that way by recommendation from the teacher and then yeah. i just um I, I kept i kept playing it a cool thing about being a bassist in um, the music industry uh-huh. is that um, there's never going to be a lack of work for a bassist. Oh. There are plenty of like horn players, mm-hmm. like saxophones, trumpets, uh, um, good good deal of pianists, but yeah. there isn't a whole lot of drummers and bassists. Oh, okay. So um, o- oftentimes you'll be getting called for gigs, and oh, wow. um, it's really it's really good to be kind of more of a niche 
mm-hmm. instrument. Very, very, but bass is very, very uh, foundational and at the core of jazz. Okay. So um, either, either way, but also yeah. just music in general, like bass is pretty important and you're never really going to be uh, out of work because a lot of people will be needing you. But yeah. yeah. And so I, I just, I really loved um, experimenting with the bass, trying to make mm-hmm. you know, new sounds, use different techniques and mm-hmm. um, try to be, try to push myself, try to um, do things that other bass players around me couldn't do. Yeah. Um, just try to be unique, make myself uh, marketable and appealing mm-hmm. as a musician. Um, but yeah, and I just, I really just really started to love love it and I play I played electric for a long time and I, the past couple of years I started playing upright when mm. I was able to get one for not ridiculously expensive <laughs> nice. amount so uh-huh. um, yeah yeah very cool very cool okay so we'll just dive into some of the questions that we had more so relating to jazz or the background of jazz or your personal experience um, as it pertains to jazz as a musician um, Yeah, so I guess the first question I had is sort of related to something that I talked about in my class um, with my professor. He sort of just asked all of us the question, um, what is jazz? And there was a ton of different answers. People said, one person said it was uh, a way of life, (laughs) Um, which is very insightful. And um, I'm just curious if you have any perspective on that. What What would you say jazz is if you were to somehow define it? Yeah, um, honestly, uh, not even just trying to be like philosophical in a cliche way, uh-huh. but when, when people say, oh, it's a way of life, like uh-huh. joking yeah. and stuff like that, there's p- part of that that can actually be true. I mean, uh-huh. a very, very um, crucial and foundational aspect of jazz is the improvisation mm. and um, being able to um, do that spontaneously. Mm. Um, being able to listen and observe like the, the your surroundings. Like, what I mean by that is like in a band, like um, if it's your turn to improvise or whatever, being uh, really keen to like listen to the other musicians and see how you could complement them with what you're doing or how you could make your solo sound really good based off of what they're doing. It 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 requires like a lot of uh, real time um, observation and listening and thinking and improvisation. And um, the reason the reason why I mention that is is because I mean I think, uh, in, in you know in life like we're always gonna be uh, we're always gonna be improvising not not everything's gonna be um, super structured all the time and um, that's how I feel as a college student I'm sure well, you Bethany could yes. agree to that a lot uh-huh. of college students very I feel like their life can be pretty unpredictable yeah. sometimes. Uh-huh. Uh, assignments and studying and doing all that stuff, but um, I don't know. It just, it just help. Uh, it helps you. Uh, being being a jazz musician, or at least being really familiar with the the music, kind of. Sometimes I I'm able to see the outpourings of that into other mm-hmm. areas of my life. But yeah, to to your question, like, what is jazz? I mean, um, you know, cer- certainly a part of it. You can you can equate to uh, in how you live your life and stuff, but. Um, Generally speaking, um, I mean, it's, it's a genre of music and an art form um, where people can come together with little to no blueprints for making songs, like no music, no nothing, and you're just able to create and um, really able to like 
the, 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 be the better you are technically at what you do, the easier you can express yourself through mm -hmm. your music and your instrument. Uh -huh. um, and so, um, yeah. 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 yeah thanks for answering that question. Yeah. Um, I think something that was really interesting that you touched upon was sort of the improvisation of things and how that sort of can apply to other areas of your life. And I know that for jazz, it's something that it's like known for. Like improvisation is, you know, it's like an orchestral. I used to do concert band in high school. No, no improv at all. Yeah. So I think something that sort of sets jazz apart is improv. So would you be able to talk a little bit more about that and maybe how you learned how to do improv? Because it seems like how does someone even learn how to do something like that? Um, and just like the significance of it within jazz music. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So as far as significance goes, it's it's probably the defining characteristic of jazz mm -hmm. music. Like without yeah. improv, it's not really jazz. Uh -huh. um, would be able to be distinguished from any other type of music. Uh -huh. um, I mean, generally how improvisation works is they'll kind of have a uh, like a blueprint or a series of, of like chords. Mm -hmm. And um, I, mean, I mean, I could get really like technical, technical and theoretical about it, but essentially what you're doing is you're trying to, um, you're trying to make music play melodies and with rhythms and all these things that um, that that don't necessarily clash with the chords that are passing by, because mm -hmm. so in a in a in a in a jazz setting, like in the very basic like trio setting, you'll have a drummer, a pianist, and like a bassist, mm -hmm. right? And so um, you know, let let's say so, let's say the pianist is gonna improvise or whatever. So my job as a bassist is to do something called the walking bass line, which mm -hmm. I'm sure you've heard of in your class and everything, and. Uh, where I'm just playing quarter notes that outline the uh, the chords that are passing by in time, and so while while I'm outlining those chords, and um, just kind of putting laying down that foundation, uh, the pianist is able to um, play melodies and motifs and sequences that that fit within um, fit within those chords that I'm outlining basically, and uh -huh. um, it's it, it's it's funny because it doesn't really have to fit. Mm. <laughs> within the chords um, it the the better you get as a musician uh -huh. you're able to to play things that don't necessarily quote unquote fit oh, okay. um, what people call playing out mm. like instead of like playing in where it's very um, like okay it's all nice and harmonically like resolves and yeah. there are all these things that uh, you know you're like following the rules quote uh -huh. unquote but um, you can get to a point where um, you're so familiar with um so familiar with music and um, just sounds and harmonic motion and intervals and all this uh -huh. that that there aren't really any limits anymore and so you to, to some extent you really can play whatever you want that doesn't mean it'll sound good because you know if someone who's like been playing for a year trying yeah. to do that it won't sound good uh -huh. um, but maybe people who are more proficient I mean that's still something I'm, I'm working on um, myself yeah but um, normally you know everybody takes turns improvising yeah. in a song while the rhythm sections mm -hmm. Um, holding it down and outlining the chords as they pass and um, you're just taking turns like expressing yourself really and um, improvisation is best when you're not um, being selfish mm. you're not thinking about yourself and um, how, how you sound and how you want people to perceive you and all these things um, improvisation I've seen proven time and time again is the best when you're really just like listening to the other musicians 
and you're trying your best to complement the music as a whole and you're not just caring about uh, yourself and how you sound to other people yeah. um, well obviously like you're going to care how you sound to other people but yeah. um, the, the, pro- the most important thing um, is like the, the, the sound and the music as a whole not mm. just your part yeah. you're all making music together and yeah yeah, thanks for sharing. I think that's really cool that you were mentioning um, how without improv, jazz isn't isn't really jazz. Um, and then also how um, there's the better you get at something, the more you can sort of color outside of the lines and it will still be good. And um, I think that's really interesting because I think that's just surprising to hear that, like, technically you can do, like, there's no limits to jazz. You can sort of even play something that might not seem structured, something that might not seem like it should be there, but then it ends up sounding really good. So I think that's really cool um, to hear about. Um, I had another question for you as well, sort of about um, jazz is obviously didn't just pop out of nowhere. It came from a lot of different genres, um, mm-hmm. a lot of things coming together. Um, one thing we learned in class is how it's sort of related to swing music. Um, I'm just curious about like your understanding of jazz. Do you have any insight about sort of um, other similar genres or how mm. maybe how other genres sort of influence jazz music or how jazz musicians play their music? Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> That, yeah, that, 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 that can get really deep. Um, so I'm trying to think, like, um, I don't know. So th- there are a lot of uh, cross-sections uh, uh-huh. where jazz has influenced other musics, uh-huh. um, especially in, like, hip-hop. Mm. Because, okay. um, I mean, swing, uh, put simply, uh-huh. so, uh, you have eight notes passing, like, one and two and three and four uh-huh. and that's really even uh-huh. it's like straight and it's like how classical musicians would perceive eighth notes and stuff uh-huh. but when you're swinging it's dun 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 you know and so it's um and so it has a more a bouncy or a swinging feel to it uh-huh. and um kind of makes you want to dance and stuff yeah. and that's why you know so many people you know swing dancing is a big thing it still is i mean but you know not to the extent it was in the past <coughs> but uh-huh still is and but cer- yeah certainly a lot of cross sections in, in hip hop music because um, I mean uh, normally the, the drummer is really doing what what swings the most because on the ride cymbal they're playing ting ting to ting ting to ting ting to ting and that's like swinging eight notes but um, kind of in hip hop drums where that came in um, I mean, I, 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 I can talk about that quickly, okay. but there's um, something I, I think is really neat. There's a hip-hop producer by the name of Jay Dilla, uh-huh. and um, this, there, there was something um, in his time that was known as quantization, mm-hmm. and this was when people were making drum beats and stuff um, digitally uh-huh. uh, through drum machines and drum tracks and everything, and then uh-huh. being able to uh, cut them up and rearrange them through mm-hmm. a digital audio workstation and stuff like that. Um, you, if you quantize something, basically it meant that um, you could all make it fit perfectly onto a grid, meaning it was completely oh. even. Okay. And so if you were to input it with your hands or something, it would basically uh-huh. take out the human error oh. and make it like perfectly fit to the grid of like time. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, um, but something that he did, he was very famous for doing is um, not quantizing his stuff and actually mm-hmm. exaggerating how quote-unquote oh. imperfect it was. Uh-huh. Meaning like... Um, 
um, you're, you're going to laugh, but the best way I can, like, explain this is if I, like, kind of, like, beatbox it for a second. But, like, so, like, in, like, really straight, um, like, a straight drum beat, you know, like, and that would be, like, lined up perfectly onto a grid. Okay. But what Jay Dilla did was when he was uh, creating drum beats and stuff, he would not quantize it. So, the like I said, the human imperfection would be... Exaggerated, yeah. so it so it all had like more of a swinging feel to huh. it. So it'd be like, oh wow, you know, it's kind of you could say it feels like lopsided, yeah, or, or like it's swinging essentially. And so and then you know like a lot of you know artists would rap rap with it and everything. Uh-huh. And there's there's a big cross section there is all I'm trying to say between uh-huh. hip hop and jazz. And you have. Uh, there's a, within the jazz community there's there's a lot of that going on today and it was Robert Glasper and uh-huh. um, Thundercat and Kendrick Lamar actually the uh-huh. rapper has a lot of really cool um, interactions with other jazz musicians uh-huh. um, but yeah yeah so I'm really passionate about that and uh-huh. yeah it's a really cool idea so yeah yeah that's really cool to hear um, I think it sort of relates to something that we learned in class as well um, I like how you mentioned sort of the hip-hop the swing. Um, we also learned about something called ragtime, which I'm sure mm. you also know a lot about. Um, reminds me of um, a lot of the songs that we had to listen to in class, which is, for example, we, wa- we listened to a song called Walking for That Cake, um, which was at the World's Fair in Chicago, um, Maple Leaf Rag, um, and mm. then Tiger Rag, just a couple of other um, jazz songs that are sort of similar, or rag songs that are sort of similar to jazz. Um, we discussed how um, jazz is sort of like writing prose. It, involves a lot of lyrics and words, um, and how it was orchestrated ragtime that sort of shifted to like a proto-jazz type of thing that was arranged for more bands and orchestras. Um, and this was uh, different because it was for some sort of an expanded audience um, and had more popularity with people. Um, it also was in uh, dance halls and more theater performances. And um, yeah, this also like, definitely reminds me of another sort of genre related to jazz which is the blues Mm. um i'm sure you also know a lot about the blues um but i like do remember hearing about um we learned about the song called carolina shout um by james p johnson which was sort of a uh, fast tempo syncopation improvisation like song um and i think sort of the beatboxing that you were doing that was sort of offbeat reminds me of sort of like that Mm. syncopation we talked in class um, and so that's super interesting for sure. Um, I am curious about if you have any thoughts on um, now looking at today, um, maybe not like moving away from looking at jazz of the past, but looking at sort of the impact on jazz today. Um, I guess, what are your thoughts on sort of this genre blurring of jazz? Um, you mentioned uh, Jay Dilla, that artist mm-hmm. uh, or producer, um, but um, are there sort of any other insights or maybe new things that you've heard of recently about how um, hip-hop and more electronic music shifts has shifted what jazz sounds like um, and how it's sort of like yeah technology and just you know today has influenced how jazz has changed in recent times yeah yeah for sure so um, something I think is really cool about jazz music is that it really, really can adapt to its surroundings, whatever is the popular music of the culture, right? Oh, so, okay. in the early uh, to mid 1900s, is where, um, you know, like you mentioned, kind of like uh, New Orleans blues ragtime, those things kind of, kind of started to 
culminated into what we would consider like jazz or traditional jazz music. Oh. Um, yeah, so the yeah the cool the cool thing about about jazz is that um, it really it really can um, like I said it's very it's very adaptable and you can uh-huh. um, you can really combine any other genre with it um, something because because honestly like the the most important part about jazz is the improvisation so you can uh, write and play music in really any style and then yeah. improvise um, in a way that that you're able to portray jazz soloing vocabulary uh-huh. or in jazz language um, uh-huh. in, 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 in the, uh, the songs. And you can see this, um, you can see this really with every popular genre after jazz. Cause like I mentioned for the early 1900s, uh, mid 1900s, that was when um, that jazz was the popular music. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like that anymore today or hasn't, you know, for, you know, past 50 something years. Um, but it, it certainly not it hasn't died, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know. And so, I mean, in the 70s and 80s and stuff, you had a lot of really cool uh, jazz rock fusion, even like mm. um, jazz metal fusion. Oh, wow. Um, uh, what, what you would call like progressive, like prog jazz oh. or like prog rock, which mm. is more like jazz influenced rock and all these things where you're taking the improvisational aspect and maybe rhythmic complexities and harmonic complexities of jazz and you're kind of um, putting them in a different font. Mm, um, wow. You're saying the same thing in a different font, kind of. Mm. So, um, actually, some of my favorite jazz music uh-huh. is kind of this like '80s, '90s jazz fusion stuff, oh, where okay. very heavy bass and electric guitar, uh-huh. um, and some heavy synths and all these things uh-huh. that, um, yeah. So, I mean, there, there's that, and then um, heavy influence with uh, Latin music. Mm. Um, I mean, for instance. You know, Monday night I'm going to be playing with the Afro Latin Jazz Orchestra, uh-huh. where you know you you've had you have music from uh, you know Cuba or Puerto Rico mm-hmm. or um, all these Latin American Brazil countries, where um, where jazz has kind of gone out from America and bounced uh-huh. back into these other cultures, and you've seen the influence. Um, but yeah, and and you can even all the way till today, like in popular music, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of well-known jazz musicians who will reharmonize okay. um, pop songs um, uh, to to make them. To, 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 I'm not trying to da- uh, talk bad about pop music. I, I'm not the biggest fan of pop music, uh-huh. but uh, but you know, to do essentially do what we call reharms of certain uh-huh. pop songs that make them that uh, make them more malleable, that where we can actually play them like in a jazzy way, essentially. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, yeah, it sounds like there's a lot of um, interesting things about jazz that's unique just to jazz, such as how it just sort of is able to adapt to its time and what is popular for the time. Um, I think that's something that's really interesting for sure. Um, I think, let's see. Um, moving towards, um, I guess, jazz musicians today, do you have any specific jazz musicians you look up to? Um, is there anything unique about the styles of, you know, the songs that they play or how they play? And um, I don't know, yeah, I guess specific to you, anyone in mind? Yeah, no, de- I definitely have okay. a few um, uh, jazz musicians and musicians in general that I really look up to. Mm-hmm. I think um, the three, uh, well, t- two or three of my, probably the musicians I look up most to mm-hmm. um, are the uh, two bassists? One's mm-hmm. name is Jaco Pistorius, mm-hmm. 
and he um, he is um, undoubtedly remembered as the best electric bassist to ever walk wow. the face of the earth uh -huh. um, because of the just groundbreaking stuff he did with the instrument that no one ever really ever thought of doing. Uh -huh. um, he played a fretless electric bass, so there were there weren't any of the uh, you know frets frets on the neck of the instrument. Uh -huh. Just completely flat, like wow. like like the uh, neck of a violin or a cello or an upright bass. There's no okay. frets, you know, uh -huh. and um, and very very just made really beautiful music using harmonics and. Um, just beautiful melodies and played really fast, really well, and really tight. Mm. Uh, it was just like really rhythmic mastery. Um, he died when he was really young, died in his early 30s. I super sad. Uh, if, I, if there's one person I probably would want to see, um, mm. you know, who's dead right now, it'd be, be Jaco. Mm. Um, I swear, I was wearing a shirt with one of really? his albums on it yesterday. Uh -huh. Yeah. Um, so him, there's there's another bassist who's a, um, as a bassist, you know, I look up to a lot of bassists, but. <laughs> Um, mostly electric because I, I mainly play electric bass, but um, another bassist by the name of Thundercat. That's not his real name. His real name is Steven. I forget his last name. Uh -huh. But um, he goes by Thundercat. Uh -huh. Very, very talented bassist. Plays a six-string bass. Very big. Um, play, can play very fast, very melodically. I saw him in October. It was a blast. He's done a lot with Kendrick Lamar. Uh -huh. He's done stuff with... Robert Glasper, Anderson Pack, mm -hmm. done stuff with Bruno Mars, like a lot, of, a lot even like pop or rap artists, yeah. like where he's just really laying down like jazz influenced bass mm -hmm. <laughs> to it. Uh -huh. um, he's definitely one of my favorite artists. And then, uh -huh. and then the the last one, uh, who isn't a bassist, he's a pianist actually by the name of Chick Corea. Mm -hmm. His name's Chick Corea, <laughs> and um, he's a uh, oh my gosh, I I probably have. Uh, he passed uh, two years ago, I think, and um, I'd also really want to see him live. Um, but, but no, he has he he uh, he incorporates a lot of like uh, Latin, mm -hmm. Spanish flavors into yeah. his his music, and um, uh, there's a lot of influence there. Really cool, fast, maybe like flamenco guitar and mm -hmm. like. Um, uh, Rumbas and salsas and bossa novas and um, it's really cool like Latin jazz music that mm -hmm. it's super sick and that you can kind of tell sometimes who you're listening to without knowing who's playing mm -hmm. because you know wow. I can do that with Chick because I know wow. what he sounds like you yeah. know wow. can tell he, I can hear his influences and uh -huh. whatnot so yeah, yeah 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 that's super cool thank you for sharing um, I think it was interesting how you said there's a lot of different cultural influences that. Um, sort of blend into some artists and um, sort of how they play their jazz music and just how jazz music sounds in general. Um, I do remember learning in class um, how there was like a Latin Catholic influence in New Orleans that changed the development of jazz and how jazz is sort of, or where jazz formed in New Orleans was, it was a cultural gumbo. It was a mix of European, Caribbean, African and American elements, which made it a huge ethnic melting pot, which um, sort of is how jazz took off uh, as well. Um, and yeah, I think um, I'll, s move, I'll move away from sort of um, these broader, general, uh, more general questions. Um, and we'll just end with a couple of more personal questions about your personal jazz experience. Um, you talked about how uh, you, could, you can tell when um, like specific people are playing just by listening to them. Um, I'm curious how you would describe your personal style of playing jazz. 
Um, and if there's anything unique to your playing versus maybe other people. Yeah, that's a, that's a really <laughs> good question. I, um, yeah, I'm... I st- I'm sure that most people I play with often would be able to give a better answer mm. to that than me because um, I have my idea of what I'm trying to get across um, in what I play, uh-huh. but how it actually comes across to other people might be very different. Uh-huh. I think in ways um, that I um, that I improvise and I play, I, I tend to play. Um, <coughs> I think my my tone is really important. The mm. way the way like my actual bass sounds, I use flat wound strings which uh, have a more warm mm-hmm. um percussive well warm sound to them kind of thumpy mm-hmm. um and I, I like to play fast and quickly with clarity like mm-hmm. some of my other inspirations like thundercat and uh, uh-huh. jaco pistorius um um which really they honestly they really have developed kind of how i um, how i play mm-hmm. yeah because I listen to them so much, and I think what they're doing is super sick, and I want to sound like them. Yeah. So I try to mimic that in my with my own flavor, you know. Uh-huh. And um, so there's that, like to use harmonics and you know do slap bass sometimes, which is uh, that's a discussion for another. <laughs> a different. It's a type of technique on bass you can do. It's really cool, oh. very percussive. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, honestly, I'm I'm always trying to. I, I wouldn't even say I'm happy with the way I, mm. I sound. Um, it's really easy to compare yourself to other people and think that you need to sound like someone else or you want to sound as good as someone else. I mean, in reality, it should be um, should be very organic and original um, in, what, in what you're doing. So you're not trying really to sound like other people. Um, but, but, yeah, I, I wouldn't say I, f- I found found it yet like I'm still I'm still I'm still getting better I'm still improving as a musician I don't think most people uh, pretty much everyone actually they probably feel that way until they die I mean Mm. there's 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 kind of this unlimited ceiling when it comes to this music and how you sound and how you can play Mm -hmm. um sure practicing will um will make you better and things like that but having experience too playing with other people playing different genres Mm -hmm. even genres for music around the world not even mm. in america mm-hmm. um things like that are very influential to how people play um but yeah I'm, i mean i'm trying to i'm just trying to be more more and more mm. proficient at what i do yeah. try to listen more to other musicians when i'm playing not think about myself and mm. um yeah, yeah 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 that's a really good answer thanks for sharing um and how how i guess even no matter what even those very professional people who you look up to. Um, it takes a lot of time to develop your personal style, and um, musicians are always changing. And so um, I appreciate how you talked about sort of growth and how it's always continual. Um, I think, okay, another question I would have pr- for a personal question is um, can you share a memorable experience, um, whether it was like very positive or maybe it was like a challenging experience um, just any memorable performance experiences that you have yeah yeah um i think i think in most aspiring musicians lives there's going to be like monumental moments of or excuse me milestones that go in their in their career maybe it's playing with um other musicians of a certain level of musicianship that uh-huh. um 
where it's like, oh man, that, <laughs> that guy played with those people, oh. so he must be like good because he can hang with them, right? Um, so I, I've had a couple. I've had a couple things like that where I've been. I've had the privilege of playing with some very talented um, musicians, or I was able to, uh, you know, you know, just play play some jazz with them. Like uh, you know, what's what's cool is I uh, last winter was able to play play this one gig with um, um, a pianist by the name of Jamel Dean. He's a very very talented young up and coming pianist who's played with he's played with the uh, current greats jazz greats of our time um a lot a lot of the uh hip-hop jazz fusion kind of stuff and um, he's a very talented cool dude um that was great and then also a drummer clayton cameron who it was really an honor to play with i mean um it was truly an honor he's um He's actually one of the faculty members of UCLA. He's, oh, a, he's a drum prof, uh, professor there. Uh-huh. Um, he he is literally known as the brush master. Mm-hmm. Like out of because you know you can play with drumsticks, you can play with brushes, mm-hmm. and like in the jazz world, he's known as the brush master. <laughs> wow. So it's pretty. It's he's he's, he's uh, both of these cats. Their their level of playing is 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 um out of this world and i'm no i was no, i was and i'm nowhere near their level of expertise so it was a big honor to be able to play with them very grateful for the very kind great people and um and so, so so that was great and then um you know also yeah just being able to uh i gig around a lot i, I had like i said i have my own band we play kind of yeah. jazz fusion stuff and so um, the more I am able to perform with with my band, where I'm playing music, I specifically and directly really like. Um, I think we'll start to have more of those things even more. But um, for now, that was probably my biggest one. I was curious. Yeah. I, I know you're. Uh, I know you mentioned your biz uh-huh. econ. Yeah. Or, right. And, yeah. Um, I I don't know. Some people have ex- a little bit of experience <laughs> playing music or. Um, I don't know, maybe they like certain artists or certain genres. I mean, I don't know. Do you have any type of <laughs> memorable anything, I, yeah. you know, um, or, you know, yeah. any, anything? Yeah, yeah. For me, I guess the only experience I have with sort of this entire genre of things is um, I played in band okay. since, like, fifth grade. I played cool. the clarinet. Um, the reason why I picked it was because in fifth grade, the uh, sort of the, what's her name? Like, okay, well, just, like, the director was saying, oh, this is this instrument, this is this instrument, this is the clarinet, it's the easiest instrument to play in the band. <laughs> so then I was like, okay, that is, that's me. Um, but I think it was just a great experience, you know, the feeling of like, oh, I'm scared before a concert, like, I think that was something that translated to other things, it just, like, allowed me to um, take, like, I guess, stressful situations in life, and, you know, so I think it was a good, like, life lesson type thing. I never really had too much of a... Um, uh, of a big concert or anything I was always just you know regular clarinetist in a band um, of like 50 people so it was never uh, I never had to do a solo or anything mm-hmm. um, I'm just trying to think um, we did have some pretty cool guest uh, composers come in um, actually one of my classmates um, his name is Jackson Bacon his dad composed What's his last name? Bacon that's a cool last name yeah <laughs> um <laughs> His dad's name is Chris, okay. and his middle name is P. So his dad's literally name is Chris P. Bacon, but oh he composed... Um, uh, Search it up. Yes, he is a composer. I do remember him talking about it. Um, 
he composed a song that we wrote. I mean, mm-hmm. that we that we played. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, shoot, oh, that's cool. Uh, well, he composed um, Alpha and Omega, Source Code, Romeo and Juliet, um, Sherlock Gnomes, and Men in Black. And so oh, it was just yeah. it really cool for him to come in and talk to us about his experiences with that. Um, of course, I never fully got into music as much as you have, um, but I think it was a really great experience. But yeah, as we wrap this um, podcast up, I do have one last question. Uh, what advice would you give to an aspiring jazz musician, uh, maybe looking to develop their own um, path in jazz music, or um, maybe, yeah, just grow in that way? Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, I think that uh, there's a lot of little tidbits that I that I could give that that have been very helpful to me in my my journey, and there's a lot that I'm I'm still learning. And um, I think I think some things that are very important is if if you're really trying to be serious about playing jazz music, um, it is is paramount that you listen to a lot of jazz, like mm-hmm. daily if you can, and being. Um, in the same way that um, if you're trying to learn a, another language, mm-hmm. it's important to be around people who speak that language or maybe even go to that country mm-hmm. where they speak that language. Um, if you want to be able to speak the jazz language through your instrument, then you need to listen to the music and just, just become very familiar with it. Um, um, and, then, and then from that, you can take you know inspiration and um, you, you can find... Hmm, I really like what this cat played. I'm going to try to play something similar to that. Not to copy, but mm-hmm. um, you're kind of like just recognizing that what he did was really sick and you, uh-huh. want, you want to mimic it. And um, so, yeah, listening to a lot of jazz is very important. Um, what are some other things? Um, practicing a, a good amount in the beginning mm-hmm. is very important. Mm-hmm. Um, the longer you do it... Um, we everyone should always be practicing because, <laughs> but um, the longer you do it, that's that's not the only thing really you should be mm-hmm. thinking about. Um, honestly, uh, you might be bogged down with a lot of, um, with a lot with with a lot of people telling you how mm-hmm. something should be or how it should sound. Mm-hmm. If there's anything I've learned from some of the professors at UCLA and even my friends is that. Um, even if something like we mentioned earlier doesn't fit quite in a box or mm-hmm. it doesn't, uh, it, shouldn't, it shouldn't quote unquote belong there. Uh-huh. It, if it sounds, if it really sounds good to you and that's mm-hmm. how you're trying to express yourself through uh-huh. music, then, then that is the, that is the right thing to play. That's the right thing yeah. to do. And, you know, I'm not trying to be like kind of hippie about it or something, <laughs> uh-huh. but like, um, but like really, um, how how you how you're expressing yourself through your music and what you think sounds good mm-hmm. is more important than what other people sound good. Yeah. I'm not going to be making music in my life um, that uh, at least not fully that I'm I'm not only going to be making music for other people. I make music that I think is cool mm. and yeah. um, that I love to play mm-hmm. and with the, that other other musicians love to play too. And yeah. um, you know, if other people like it or not, that's that's a different story. Mm-hmm. I, I think there's a good community of people who who would. Yeah. But I mean. If I wanted to be some extraordinarily successful musician, I mean, I could probably grind writing like pop music for uh-huh. a long time, and then maybe I could get all big and a bunch of people would know. But it's like, um, but what? That's not what I love. That's not what I'm into. You know, yeah. I'm into jazz music, and so and and then in the same way, I would just encourage, I would encourage maybe a young person or someone who's beginning or even in in intermediate stages of, stages of jazz. 
like I said, never underestimate how important it is to to listen to mm. jazz music all the time, mm. and how and even and even other music, not just jazz, but just listening to music in general helps you uh, helps you just be more musically aware. Mm-hmm. Um, that um, being able be practicing at least a good amount. It's not not it's not a you you won't die if you don't. <laughs> but I mean, um, it's important to like res- pay respect mm. to jazz like not just try try to like wing it or something Uh like you like it's a it's an art form that you need to respect you know what i mean and so that and then i think what was the final what was the last thing i said i said um ah i forget but those but those were those were some of the main things that that come to my mind Mm -hmm. and um, oh yeah the last thing was uh you know you're trying to make music that that you that you like and that you think sounds good Mm. um it shouldn't be about other people and what they're what they want you yeah. know you're an artist you get to make music that, that you love you know so yeah it, yeah. yeah yeah I think those yeah. are super super helpful um I definitely think smart jazz musicians will um you know that would be really helpful advice for them um lastly I guess where can listeners find more of you? Um, you mentioned that you're in a band, so you yeah. have your own band. So you can go ahead and um, plug that. Plug, plug <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. Or maybe any upcoming concerts you might be having. Yeah. yeah, no, for sure. I mean, so so um, I have my own band, which actually just started this mm-hmm. quarter. So oh, we're wow. relatively new. We re- we've rehearsed a lot, but mm-hmm. um, we're so new that we don't have really an Instagram <laughs> or anything yet. <laughs> But our band name, <laughs> our band name is kind of funny. It's NPC Activities. <laughs> That's funny. Um, but uh, but you know you can check me out at my uh, my music Instagram, which is at Micah Johnson Bass. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, same on YouTube at Micah uh-huh. Johnson Bass. And um, yeah, I'm actually I'm playing a, a show tonight in Westwood. Oh, wow. Uh, with uh-huh. a with another band called Going Outside. But um, I'm just I'm just playing bass for them. I'm not normally a part of that group. Mm-hmm. I'm also playing on Sunday night as a part of somebody's. Uh-huh. Uh, senior recital in Schoenberg oh, cool. and then I'm playing on Monday night with the Afro-Latin Jazz Orchestra uh-huh. cool. and then I'm playing every day <laughs> and, then I'm, and then I'm playing twice on Wednesday with, with two people's um, wow. some of their studio recitals so uh-huh. um, yeah so, yeah sounds like a very full schedule very so. yeah, I'm busy <laughs> <laughs> yeah so you guys can go ahead and check him out if you'd like um, at the any of those concerts or um, you said Micah Johnson bass on Instagram or yeah. on YouTube as well um, yeah, well, that was a really fun conversation. Thank you so much for hopping on here and um, just talking jazz um, today. And yeah, thank you, Michael, for being here. Thank you guys all for listening. Yes, and, yeah, I hope you guys have a good day. All right.